Pete Carroll has long been regarded as one of the most respected coaches in the NFL, but with the Seahawks reeling and losing four games in a row, has he potentially lost the locker room late in the 2023 season? Rob Rang and I are going to be breaking it all down in a new installment of Matchup Wednesday on Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined here for our latest matchup Wednesday by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there, whether you're listening in Port Orchard, Washington, or overseas in Gothenburg, Sweden. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week as we do each and every Wednesday we are going to dive into all the key matchups to watch when the Seahawks battle the Philadelphia Eagles at Lumen Field on Monday Night Football this latest edition of Locked on Seahawks is brought your way by FanDuel make every moment more right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that's a hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started now for your lead story here on Matchup Wednesday on the Locked On Seahawks podcast. Pete Carroll has long been one of the most revered coaches in the NFL, and he's had a lot of success with a number of different iterations on this roster in Seattle. We saw him take Geno Smith and company to the postseason when few expected that they would be a contender last year. Things have not gone as smoothly this year, though. The Seahawks have lost five of their last six including for the first time under Pete Carroll, losing four consecutive games. They're looking to avoid a fifth straight loss to the Eagles this week. And when you go through long losing streaks like this, the way the Seahawks have, even a coach like Pete Carroll finds himself a little bit under fire. And former linebacker K.J. Wright today on Seattle Sports. Rob, you actually shared this with me today. I had a chance to listen to his comments on Pete Carroll and whether or not he had lost the locker room. And I thought he had some very interesting insight that kind of matched a little bit what we talked about yesterday with some extra intel from his experience playing with a number of these guys that are still on the roster. Yeah, it was not only the audio that struck me, Corbin, as interesting, but it was the visual uh, of KJ Wright kind of rolling his eyes when, uh, you know, Mike Salk and Brock Heward, the co-hosts of that program, um, you know, were asking him questions about who might be the leaders within Seattle's locker room. And, and KJ Wright, of course, it would be as, as much of an expert as just about anybody that you possibly could ask, obviously being a star for the Seahawks throughout that, that Pete Carroll. Uh, tenure here and you know and he acknowledged Bobby Wagner who we also acknowledge is the Seahawks man of the year um, but there were very few other compliments that he gave to the current Seahawks roster as far as just the the true leaders in the clubhouse and uh, you know rather than call people out by names Jamal Adams or Quandre Diggs or Geno Smith I don't want to get into that too much except that's exactly what you have to do at this point. That's what we called on Pete Carroll to do. And it, that's what was interesting is uh, KJ Wright was doing the exact same thing. Basically saying you have to take 
ownership again of this team. If the players aren't going to be hold themselves accountable, as KJ Wright mentioned, that uh, the Seahawks players sometimes had to do themselves while they were in the midst of their Super Bowl runs here, then then sometimes the head coach has to do that. Now that's what is going to be interesting here is can a 17, 72 year old head coach and Pete Carroll at this point, is he able to take back this, uh, you know, the locker room? Is he able to kind of right the ship when the Seahawks only have five games remaining of their schedule to, to be able to kind of get back into that playoff conversation, excuse me, four games back into that, that playoff conversation. So that to me is one of the most fascinating things about this is do the Seahawks have the leaders in the locker room really to be able to right this ship in time to be able to make the 2023 season one to remember, or is this truly going to be a season to forget? I think, that it's fascinating that we're having this conversation on the day that many woke up to hear news, at least is being reported, that Bill Belichick, another legend, another, in my opinion, future Hall of Fame coaches, I believe that Pete Carroll should be reviewed. Um, you know, that there has been news that, that Bill Belichick will no longer be a the head coach of the New England Patriots moving forward. Is that the exact same uh, future that we're talking about here with Pete Carroll in Seattle as well? Yeah, I thought it was interesting when you, you listen to the, some of the things that K.J. Wright was saying about this situation. He basically said this team is littered with distractions right now. And it isn't even just the opponents that they are getting ready to play. There's some infighting going on. There are distractions in the locker room and they don't have enough voices like they did during K.J. Wright's heyday. The Bobby Wagners of the world they don't have enough guys like that that are able to step up and really show this young team how to be professionals, how to prepare during the week. And that goes back to some of the comments that Pete Carroll had on Monday with reporters talking about how much it upsets him that they are preparing this football team. They are doing what they need to do, showing them the plays these teams run, preparing them during the week. And then they're still giving up big plays that is an indictment on the players if they are truly being prepared and and the coaches are doing their jobs showing these things they're not putting the work in that they need to do in their walkthroughs they're not putting the work in in film study and that's really what it sounded like but it, it, as you said he also called Pete Carroll out to an extent and he wasn't calling for Pete Carroll to be fired or anything but he's saying at this moment and I've got a quote from the show today this is about Pete Carroll. When I look at this team right now, no brother is holding the other brother accountable. So, Coach Carroll, if the players are not doing it, doggone it, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. You don't have a strong enough locker room to withhold your message to make sure this thing is going. So you've got to be the one to execute it. And building off of that, and I 110% agree with KJ Wright on this, and it kind of goes with what we talked a little about yesterday with the defense specifically, but – he was saying that Pete Carroll's got to make something happen before Monday night. And he mentioned personnel. Maybe that's benching a certain player or two and trying to send a message that way. But he's got to find a way to show, hey, I am a nice guy. I am a player's coach, but this is still my football team. And if you are not buying into the message that I'm selling, I'm going to find guys that are and I'm going to play them because they're going to be more prepared and we can eliminate some of these mistakes that shouldn't be happening on the field, especially this stage of the season. And that gives us a better chance to win football games. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I mean, whether it be publicly calling them out again, as I just did, as we did in yesterday's show, or that Pete Carroll himself did in his post-game press conference, uh, you know, his appearance again on the exact same radio station, 710, um, you know, in Seattle, he, he's calling these players out. And that is, as we said in yesterday's show, Corbin, that is not something that Pete Carroll has made a habit of doing his entire career. He has been perceived to be a player-friendly coach, but the player-friendly strategy is not working so far this season. If you look almost across the board, the Seahawks' production, there's individual statistics, and obviously their team statistics, most importantly in the win-loss column, is down this season. So if you want to change things this year, then you have to kind of change your strategy. And so I think that that is the reason why that, that Pete Carroll has kind of done what he has done. I applaud him for at least showing this type of effort. And I think that they should go further. I think that there should be players bench. As I said in yesterday's show, I think that Jamal Adams should be the number one player that gets benched. I think that you should be considering benching Reek Wollen, who I was right there among the several who were basically saying that, that Reek Wollen, then known as Tariq Wollen, should have been a defensive rookie of the year candidate frankly he has fallen off a cliff so far this season as has geno smith you look at his production this season compared to last season also has fallen off the cliff you want to look at the two biggest reasons why the seahawks are not right currently in the playoff conversation is because the the efficiency at the quarterback position and the secondary that at least i did and i believe you and many others as well lauded that secondary as possibly being the reason why the seahawks team not only was going to return to the playoffs they might be a super bowl contender right now they very much are the definition of a super bowl pretender yeah you mentioned the leadership aspect there they and KJ Wright was touching on this. They've got to have some young guys maybe that emerge and and do what some of those guys did back in 2011, 2012, where even though they, they were newcomers, they were first, second year players. You know what? You can step up and take a voice. And if you're somebody that's getting it done in the field, your teammates are going to back you up. And, and that's really what it boils down to right now. Pete Carroll's got to find a way to get it. The players are backing him up. The players are buying into his message. And I do think personnel changes right now. It's late in the season. You're not going to be able to trade guys. You can't make big moves that way, but you can still send a message, even as the nice guy. I'm not saying he needs to turn into Bill Belichick and make this a disciplinarian thing, but he has got to put his foot down a little bit and, and say, if you are not going to prepare the way we expect you to prepare and it's hurting us on Sundays, you're not going to play. We're going to play somebody that gives us a better chance. And so I am really fascinated to see what Pete Carroll decides to do because he's hinted at changes the last couple of days. Let's see what he comes up with for Monday night and if it makes a positive impact on this football team as they try to fight for their playoff lives. Coming up next, it's Matchup Wednesday. Rob and I will be diving into the Seahawks' defense going up against the Eagles' offense. Don't go away. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. This episode is brought your way by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Entering week 15 of the season, make sure to check out the incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, this is the perfect time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You can look at spreads such as the Seahawks being a home underdog against the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Player props, whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke under center, 
with their total passing yards or touchdowns on Monday night, over-unders, and much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and enjoy the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. You're listening to the Matchup Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This is your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined, as always, by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there. Thank you for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, it's Crossover Thursday. Louis DiBiase and the Locked on Eagles crew will be joining us, and we're going to be breaking down this upcoming Monday night matchup between the Seahawks and the Eagles. You won't want to miss it. Speaking of that upcoming Monday night game, for those that have been hiding under a rock, this was supposed to be a Sunday afternoon game, but this is the first time ever with new rules. The NFL flexed a game into Monday night, so the Seahawks get to battle the Eagles at home in primetime under the lights, and we're going to break down Seattle's defensive matchups first on this episode. We've most of the time done offense, but we are going to keep pivoting with the defense first, and Looking at this matchup, Rob, it really starts in the trenches for the Seahawks on defense, going against one of the best offensive lines in the league and who I believe is going to be a future Hall of Famer in Jason Kelsey at the pivot position. Jason Kelsey, I thought everybody was talking about Travis Kelsey. I mean, oh my goodness, you know, he's not, of course, married to Taylor Swift. So why would you start there, my friend? No, I, I 100% agree with you. All jokes aside, I mean, Jason Kelsey is a terrific football player. As we have talked, uh, you know, here recently, that the, the Seahawks, the strength of their defense, surprisingly, has actually become the defensive tackle position. So, uh, you know, uh, Jason Kelsey at the center position, Landon Dickerson at the left guard position, Cam Jurgens at the right guard position. There is a reason why the Philadelphia Eagles and that so-called brotherly love or the, you know, the, the tush push, whatever you want to call Jalen Hurts and his ability to kind of basically convert every short yardage run into either first downs or touchdowns. A lot of it is because of just the sheer power, uh, the grit that is that, Philadelphia Eagles interior offensive line against the Seahawks defensive line that again, Jaron Reed has been arguably the Seahawks most consistent defensive player to this point. Leonard Williams, of course, the former New York giant and former NFC East, uh, you know, rival of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to know that the, the Eagles very, very well. Uh, you know, Mario Edwards, whoever the case might be, it is going to be critical. If the Seahawks are going to have any type of success in this football game, they're they're going to have to be able to not only hold up against the run, they're going to be they're going to have to be able to create some interior pressure on Jalen Hurts, force him to run outside where he is not as accurate as a passer. Most quarterbacks aren't when they're on the move. Yeah, and especially for a dual threat quarterback like Hurts, he is not quite as effective rolling out, throwing the football on the run is some, some of your other quarterbacks that are similar styles like Lamar Jackson, where you want to try to avoid getting him outside of the pocket. It's a little different with Jalen Hurts. And, that, and this is not knocking him. He could still do a lot of damage outside the pocket. But the teams that have had the most success against this Eagles squad this year, look no further than a couple of weeks ago, the 49ers. One of the reasons the Eagles could not get anything going on offense is that interior defensive line was creating major problems for the Eagles in most games they have an advantage with their interior offensive line. That was not one of them. And the way that Jaron Reed and Leonard Williams are playing when you play Draymond Jones inside, Mario Edwards, Miles Adams in that rotation again, 
Seattle's got the players to be able to get the job done inside, even against this really good Philadelphia interior offensive line. If they get in short yarded situations, that really does favor the Eagles. They're maybe the best team in the NFL in those situations. But if you can get some pressure from the interior, you can hold up on rundowns early. This is an Eagles team the last few weeks that has had issues sustaining drives. So if you can keep that going early in the game, it might start to get into the mental aspect for the Eagles and make things a little bit tougher for them. It could. And that's what I think the Seahawks have to hope for. They have to survive the first quarter. And that's the thing is the Philadelphia Eagles have struggled uh, so far this season. They they have been a team that struggled early on and then came back in the third and fourth quarter. That's when the Seahawks crowd is just getting warmed up. And so that's the thing is I think if if the, the Lumen Fields fans, if if they can get themselves rolling like they could on a Monday night football game matchup, Corbin, I think that this really could be an interesting game uh, just because of the fact that there is some magic there in Seattle. And I think that that is going to be critical if they're able to do that. I'm going to shift the, you know, the, the, the conversation here though. We just were talking about the defensive line for the Seahawks. I want to shift it over there to the perimeter here. We all know that, you know, you go back eight months ago, there was a huge conversation. There was where the Seahawks going to take the defensive tackle, Jalen Carter. And as we just illuminated, you know, the Seahawks have done pretty well. Thank you. Uh, at the defensive tackle position with the, the big trader, Leonard Williams and Jaron Reed, et cetera, et cetera. And instead they went with Devin Witherspoon. And the fact that Devin Witherspoon suffered the injury against the San Francisco 49ers, I, I am a little bit cautious to be mentioning him. But, you know, frankly, I, I thought that this might be a matchup that I was going to you know, suggest that maybe we should just say Jalen Carter, the Eagles' dominant rookie defensive tackle, versus Devin Witherspoon, the Seahawks' dominant cornerback. And obviously, as a cornerback and defensive tackle, they're not going to be faced up against each other. But this was a conversation that I assure you was very much going on in the Seahawks war room. It, this is one of those games where Devin Witherspoon or Reek Woolen or you know Mike Jackson or Trebra, whoever the case is, uh, somebody for the Seahawks uh, cornerback room has to make a big play because certainly A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are going to make those big plays. And, and so to me, this is the matchup you have to watch because frankly, I think that's already a given that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be able to control the line of scrimmage. I, I just think that that is the strength of their team team and so i think that's going to be critical that the seahawks create some type of turnover and while the the flags have been furious uh from a seattle defensive back perspective the one of the things that the seahawks can do is they can create big plays and so that this to me is is where the seahawks potentially have a, an advantage they have the cornerbacks who have enough big playability that if jalen hurts does get a little bit wild with his accuracy which can happen then they might be able to create a pick six you want Devin Witherspoon to win defense rookie of the year again show out on Monday night football in a prime time setting that's the way you do it yeah this is going to be the most exciting matchup I think when you look at these two teams when the Seahawks are playing on defense just because you got to deal with Antonio or not Antonio AJ Brown I was about to say Antonio Brown he is no longer in the league but AJ Brown who we talk about DK Metcalf being a specimen, AJ Brown coming from the same college at Old Miss. They were teammates. This guy is built like he was chiseled out of stone by the Greek gods. And he plays the receiver position looking like a tight end or a linebacker. And he has four, three speed gets downfield. 
He wins vertically. He can beat you in the intermediate passing game. He can create after the catch breaks a lot of tackles. I think right now he is a top five receiver in the NFL, and the Tennessee Titans look even crazier for trading him away for basically a bag of peanuts. I know they got a first-round pick, but you're talking about a sub-25-year-old player that only is going to get better. His size going against Reek Woolen, you need Woolen to play like his rookie self in this game. He's got to bring some physicality. You got to take advantage of his athleticism on those downfield throws and try to get your hands up, swats and passes away. And then with Devontae Smith, with his shiftiness, his route running savvy, a much different style receiver than A.J. Brown, they're going to play him in the slot quite a bit. That's where I expect Devin Witherspoon is going to get a lot of action. He's expected to make it back this week, according to Pete Carroll. We'll see what happens. But Witherspoon versus Smith, you want to talk about two elite college talents that have translated to the NFL. Uh, that's going to be a matchup of two very instinctive players. And I think this game could boil down to what happens on the outside when the Eagles are on offense. You mentioned Jalen Hurts, his running ability. This has been a topic in several games this season. We've looked at running quarterbacks, but it's going to be the same storyline for the Seahawks. Can your safeties that are going to spend time up in the box and are likely going to be playing spirals, can they slow down Jalen Hurts as a rusher? This year has not been a great season for him, knock on wood, running the football. He's averaging 3.7 yards per carry. He has not been as effective. Part of that also is because he's got all those quarterback sneaks on third and one and fourth and one this year that's going to lower your yards per carry average as well he's still a very dynamic athlete in space but you need julian love and jamal adams whether he's starting or whether they decide to reduce his role whatever they decide to do in this game whoever's playing that strong safety position your nickel corners you got to be able to come up and make plays on jalen hurts and this is not an easy guy to tackle he squats over 600 pounds you don't find quarterbacks built like that with that kind of strength. You better bring your hard hat. If they tackle the way they have the last couple of weeks, Jalen Hurts could have a huge game running the football, which really makes it much more difficult for them to win. Oh, it absolutely does. I mean, he took the words right out of my mouth there, Corb. I mean, it, this is a, a Seahawks defense that has struggled with missed tackles, and you're going up against the most physical quarterback perhaps the league has ever seen just because of his power and his sheer want to. I mean, this is a guy who just, you know, the 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 mental toughness that he showed in getting benched at Alabama, uh, you know, and then coming back and, and becoming a superstar at Oklahoma as well. I mean, he has just, he has gone through the ringer and has had a great deal of success, obviously led the Philadelphia Eagles to a Super Bowl uh, appearance a year ago. And I, I think that he is hungry and, and wanting to, to kind of right the ship. The Philadelphia Eagles have lost two games in a row now where they were basically trounced by the 49ers and then their division Dallas Cowboys. This isn't a game in which the Seahawks are the more desperate team. The Philadelphia Eagles are playing for the number one overall seed as well. I mean, number one seed, excuse me, in the NFC. And so they are, uh, you know, desperate as well. So I, I do think that it's critical. I just mentioned before, kind of called out uh, Devin Witherspoon. If you want to win defensive rookie of the year, you have to have a big play, a, a big time performance in this game. 
if, if Jamal Adams, I mean, there, there's so many people who are blasting and myself included. This is exactly the type of opportunity that you want, you know, to be able to kind of demonstrate that you are kind of back and, and you can be that playmaker that warrants the kind of pay that you're getting, whether it be Julian Love, whether it be Quandre Diggs, whether it be Kobe Bryant, whoever the Seahawks choose to have at the safety position, it's not just going to be about the linebackers. It's not just going to be about the running backs that the Eagles have. I mean, we're, we're, uh, uh, you know, we, we should be mentioning DeAndre Swift at this point. It really, though, what it comes down to is the Seahawks have to slow down Jalen Hurts. They have to make him one-dimensional. And the best weapon the Seahawks have, at least the best paid weapon that the Seahawks have, is at the safety position. So it's critical the Seahawks safeties play well on Monday night. Up next, we are going to switch gears. Seahawks on offense going up against the Eagles on defense. That will be coming up next here on our Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This episode is brought your way by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my submissions in less than 60 seconds. And now that basketball season's here, you can pick combo projections, football and basketball in the specials league. For example, you can have Steph Curry and Ken Walker III at 9.5 three-pointers plus touchdowns on the ground. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so your entries stay in even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and then they don't come back in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform that offers such an injury insurance policy. Price Picks is an absolute blast each week, and it's an easy way to land quick winnings. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked in NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You're listening to Matchup Wednesday here on the Locked on Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there. Thank you for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Don't forget tomorrow, it's Crossover Thursday, Locked on Eagles, Locked on Seahawks. We'll be breaking, on the, breaking down the upcoming Monday night matchup between the Seahawks and the Eagles. You won't want to miss this latest crossover special continuing matchup Wednesday. We just looked at the Seahawks on defense against the Eagles high powered offense. This is an Eagles defense has plenty of star power, but they've also had some games this year where they have given up a ton of yardage. They've given up a lot of points. Just ask the Dallas Cowboys this past weekend. It's kind of been an up and down season for them on defense, even though they've got a 10 and three record. That being said, as I mentioned, Rob, there's a lot of talent on this defense, including in the secondary at the cornerback position. And this is truly that get your popcorn ready matchup. Eagles corners going up against the Seahawks receivers. Yeah, I mean, you got a couple of really good players for the Philadelphia Eagles and the cornerback uh, Darius Slay in particular, James Bradbury. And, and you touched on this a moment ago, Corbin. I mean, uh, DK Metcalf is going to look across the field. He's going to see his former college uh, teammate, uh, you know, and A.J. Brown, who is one of the very few wide receivers in NFL history who has the just the physical dimension similar to DK Metcalf. And, you know, 
I, I think that a, a properly motivated DK Metcalf is among the most dangerous weapons, regardless of position, uh, in all of the NFL. And so I really do think that this is, as you said, get your popcorn moment ready. I think I get your popcorn ready moments because I think that DK Metcalf could have that type of performance in this game. Because I think AJ Brown may have the same kind of thing on the other side that is going to kind of tip the game in Seattle's favor a little bit. And again, I have a great deal of respect for the Philadelphia Eagles cornerbacks. I just don't think that there's a corner in the NFL that can truly run, truly physically compete with the DK Metcalf. It's going to be critical to see if Seattle's quarterbacks are able to get him the ball to put in position. If Shane Waldron will call enough plays to get DK Metcalf in position. But if they call a number 14, this is the type of primetime setting against the elite opposition and against a former college teammate that I think can kind of light the flame that is DK Metcalf. And the last time that Metcalf went against Darius Slay, who's a very good corner still at this stage of his career, still a Pro Bowl, borderline all-pro caliber guy. But DK Metcalf set a record for the most yards in a single game by a receiver in his rookie season in a playoff game. And so Darius Slay is going to be thinking about that too. He's got to be thinking, I want to have revenge in this game. And DK Metcalf at the same time, I've got A.J. Brown on the other side. i got to one-up my former college teammate and my close friends. So this does have an interesting dynamic where it's a matchup between receivers and corners, but you also have two receivers that are going to have a friendly competitive rivalry going on to see who has a bigger game. Now, I mentioned this yesterday. I could easily talk tight ends. We probably should be talking tight ends, but I'm hoping for a reverse jinx here. So let's just avoid talking tight ends for right now, but we can talk about the area that the Seahawks absolutely should be looking to attack with this Eagles defense. They let a couple of starting linebackers leave in free agency this offseason, one of them being Kaiser White that went to the Arizona Cardinals. So the Seahawks have already played against him once this season. They completely retooled that linebacker crew and they've had some injuries there. Nicobe Dean is done most likely for the rest of the season. He's on injured reserve, won't be playing in this game. So they won't have the former Georgia star out there. And right now they've got Zach Cunningham. They've got Morrow as their other linebacker. They just signed Shaquille Leonard, former All-Pro from the Colts. He has not been the same player because of injuries. We'll see if he gets more snaps this week. But this feels like a matchup that the Seahawks should be able to take advantage of with their running backs. Zach Cunningham is a solid player, but... He's somewhat one-dimensional, and he can be beat in coverage. I could see this being a game. If you're scheming things up the way that you should, find some ways to use some Texas routes and similar routes where you're getting your running backs into the middle of the field and force these linebackers to cover them. And I'm also confident the Seahawks can get to the second level. That remains to be seen to be able to do that consistently. But if their running backs can get to the second level running the ball, I like the one-on-one matchups against a Eagles linebacking group that has been exposed a lot in recent weeks. Corbin, there are very few times that the word if – has been more important than what you just said there. If the Seahawks running backs can get themselves to the second level, I 100% agree with you. Look, look, Nicholas Morrow is a solid player, but he's not Nicobe Dean. He doesn't have that straight line speed. And, and Zach Cunningham, the outside linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, one of the things that is, you know, kind of dogged him in his days, the Houston Texans days uh, with the uh, Vanderbilt Commodores back going college days is that you can make him miss in the open field. And certainly one of the things that we have seen with Zach Charbonnet and his power can walk with the third, his elusiveness is the Seahawks running backs can make people miss. But if 
they can get past that dominant defensive line. As I teased a moment ago, I really thought that you could make an argument that this really should be a conversation about Jalen Carter, the Philadelphia Eagles defensive tackle versus Devin Witherspoon, the Seahawks cornerback, because those are the two players that everybody was kind of debating who the Seahawks should take with their first selection. And I am telling you that Jalen Carter, number 98 for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not even sure why I'm saying his name. Maybe this is my own reverse jinx here, but Jalen Carter is going to make a name for himself for the Seattle crowd on Monday Night Football. As we talked about in the loss to the San Francisco 49ers, you know, the 49 or the, the Seahawks guard play, Anthony Bradford at right guard, Damian Lewis at left guard, and then the center, Evan Brown. I don't think that any of them, even double teaming, are going to be able to slow down number 98 for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't care what his numbers say. You look at the numbers, 27 tackles, four sacks, one defensive touchdown. That's what's on YouTube. And thank you again for all of you watching on YouTube. Thank you all of you who are listening. I am telling you that you will see Jalen Carter. You will see Jordan Davis. You will see Fletcher Cox. The Philadelphia Eagles defensive tackle rotation is as good as there is in the NFL. And the Seahawks interior offensive line play has been as kind of meh as just about any in the NFL. And that is a recipe for disaster. So again, Corbin, if the Seahawks running backs and a certain other position of pass catchers are able to take advantage of the Eagles linebackers, great. But they have to get they have to get through what I think is the best front four, front six, front eight in all of the NFL. Yeah, trying to block those monsters in the middle. That is going to be the huge question mark for the Seahawks team because they've played two other really good defensive lines the last couple of weeks. I thought in the game against Dallas, the interior offensive line held up fairly well. This past weekend against San Francisco, it was rough for all three of the starters in the interior. And the Eagles, from a defensive tackle standpoint, they have as much talent as anybody. Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter drafted in the first round the last two years, both out of Georgia. Incredible athletes for their size. Guys that can wreak havoc as pass rushers defending the run. They have the ability to punish quarterbacks. They can stuff the line of scrimmage. They can eat up double teams. And then Fletcher Cox, he's still a very good player. He might not be the all-pro caliber player he was a few years back, but he is still a very capable game wrecker in the middle himself. And so the onus is going to fall on Anthony Bradford. What a test you have there going up against Jalen Carter and this really good group. Evan Brown, can you rediscover the way you played early in the season? It has been a struggle in the second half for him. I don't know if injuries are playing into that. Damian Lewis, do you want a new contract with the Seahawks? This is a game that could get that contract for you if you have a big performance against these defensive tackles for the Eagles. So to me, this is the most important matchup in the entire game. Can the Seahawks interior offensive line find a way to hold up, at least hold up against these guys and not let this defensive tackle group ruin the game plan? Because if that happens, this could be an ugly Monday night if they can block these guys fairly well, open up some lanes in the run game, and let the Seahawks take advantage of some of those flaws the Eagles have in the back of their defense, then Seattle's got an opportunity potentially to get the ship righted and finally get back in the win column. And we'll have more opportunities as we go to discuss what it's going to take for the Seahawks to get that big win. But certainly winning in the trenches is going to be crucial in this contest. As always, you can follow me on threads at Corbett Smith NFL. You can follow Rob on X at Rob Rang. Subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. We got a new crossover Thursday with Locked on Eagles coming your way tomorrow. Make sure that you are listening in. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Go Hawks.